Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We're in episode 19. We're talking about Christian prophecy, and I'm not talking about the kind of prophecy at this point that's in Scripture, recorded in Scripture. That's generally what we're going to be doing here. But at the very end of 1 Thessalonians 5, St. Paul tells us not to quench the Spirit, not to despise prophecy, but to test it, to hold fast what's good and abstain or reject what's evil, and that we need this. Last time, in episode 18, I shared with you the high-octane false prophecy. There were probably false prophecies going on in 1 Thessalonians. Uh, When we get to, in a week or so, 2 Thessalonians, we're going to see that probably false prophets uh, unsettled these early Catholics, and so Paul had to send a second letter to the Thessalonians to try to straighten things out. So the danger is where there is true prophecy that keeps us alive, the Spirit's flame alive, false prophets will snuff it out. And we look particularly at Jude 4, false prophets, their specialty being ungodly persons, and this is right from the Bible, ungodly persons who pervert the grace of our God into licentiousness. In other words, saying grace, mercy, and forgiveness makes the sexual revolution just fine and dandy with Christianity. That's the mark of a false prophecy in the high-octane degree. That's what's trying to snuff out the church, because what the sexual revolution does, it's striking against the sanctity of marriage. And if, if Satan can bring down the sanctity of marriage in the church, not only the family goes, but the church goes, because the future of the world and the church, according to the Pope John Paul II, is through the family. And that's why Sister Lucia, writing to Cardinal Kafara, said this is the final battle between the Lord and Satan. It's about marriage and family. This is the decisive issue. And unfortunately, we're living in a day where a lot of people are quiet about the key issues that the false prophets are proclaiming through the church, through the media, and around the world. I'm talking Protestant and Catholic. It's, this is a ecumenical false prophecy problem, okay? And I started last week with what kind of reception do prophets receive? And it goes a long way to explain why you don't hear too many from the prophets today, because they're generally shut up or they're scared to death because when you start speaking truth— In a day, just like the first century, it amazes me, the first and 21st centuries, the similarities, because perverting ungodly persons, perverting the grace of God and licentiousness is the key battle today. That's what's going on. And I mentioned the reception that prophets receive. Well, the chief prophet is Jesus himself, and of course, he ended up being crucified. But, you know, a great prophet was Jeremiah in the Old Testament. And he was called the weeping prophet. Now, this is a little bit hyperbole. I mean, he's, he was really depressed. He says in Jeremiah 20, Cursed be the day that I was born, the day when my mother bore me. 
Cursed be the man who brought news to my father. A son is born to you. Uh, He's asking God, why didn't you kill me in the womb? Why did I come forth from the womb to see toil and sorrow? They let Jeremiah down into this pit of mire and mud and let him sink in there. That's the reception that God's prophet received from God's people. Is it going to be any different today? And, you know, um, I, I think I have a pretty big yellow streak right down the middle of my back. I think most people do. We all think of ourselves as being very courageous and everything else. But when you start talking in our day about the sanctity of marriage and calling out the false prophets, those ungodly persons who are perverting the grace of God into licentiousness. In other words, saying God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness makes the sexual revolution fine, dandy, and okay with Christianity. You'll go to heaven. There's no problem. Well, if you speak against that, uh, just to remind me to try to just to keep myself from keeping my mouth shut about all this, I have two pictures that I'm looking at right now that kind of stare at me in my radio studio. Uh, the one on top is St. Thomas More, and he stood in England when everybody caved, including the Catholic bishops, uh, except for one, I guess. He stood up for the sanctity of marriage in his day, because that was the decisive battle for the Church of England and basically for the English-speaking people in all parts of the world. What happened to St. Thomas More? He lost his head. Underneath my picture of St. Thomas More is a picture of St. John the Baptist, but it's a little different one, and if you come to my radio studio, it'd say, oh, gee, there's you've got a lot of nice icons in here. And I do. But what's this gross one? It's a picture of a woman holding a platter with somebody's head on it. It's the head of John the Baptist who stood for the sanctity of marriage. And it cost him his head, literally his head just like St. Thomas More. So why do you find so many people speaking this? Uh, do you think you're going to get the warm receptions and uh, overflowing invitations to, like, say, Catholic conferences? Ask yourself, who are your favorite speakers? Are they funny and entertaining or unsettling with prophetic truth and life-changing? Do we prefer on our Catholic media happy talk or prophetic truth? You know, one way we just leave ourselves to ourselves. St. Paul says, don't despise this. You need to keep the Spirit's fire alive, so don't despise this. But do we through simply... Oh, that author's a little over the top. He doesn't make me happy when I read his book. Well, you know, I'm not saying <laughs> you need to read every article or every broadcast or every conference speaker, but you need to expose yourself, if you're living in the 21st century, to prophetic truth. You need to develop an appetite just like you need your vitamins, minerals, and vegetables along with 
you know, whatever else you like. Don't make your diet ice cream talks and ice cream books. There are plenty of people out there that will entertain itching ears. The Bible says in the last days, people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears will accumulate. In other words, there's going to be a lot of speakers for themselves, teachers to suit their own likings and turn away from listening to the truth. Remember what I said from Pope Benedict XVI a couple of broadcasts ago? What is the key to a prophet? It's not being a soothsayer. The key is being close to God and speaking the truth from God, as a result of being close to God, speaking truth to a generation that may be departing from God, and listen carefully. The people departing from God may not realize it. We haven't gotten anywhere near the book of Revelation yet in Luke 21 radio, but I'm telling you what the whole thing's about. It's very simple. It's a book written to the church. It's not written to the other guys. It's written to the church, seven Catholic churches, including one that happened to have the Apostle John and the Blessed Virgin Mary as, as members, and they were going astray. And you, you read all this stuff in the book of Revelation. Woo, this, these shocking pictures. Why? St. John was a prophet. He was writing a prophecy trying to waken the church up to its situation. And we're living in a day where false prophets, including those in clerical collars, particularly some cardinals and bishops over in Europe, are trying to tell us that licentiousness, that the sexual revolution, that same-sex marriage, homosexuality, cohabitation, divorce and remarriage out of the church is fine with Christianity because it's covered by the mercy of God. That's a false prophecy. And the true prophets, well, I'm looking at their pictures. They lose their heads. They lose their invitations. They lose their book sales. I'm thinking of a prophet. And remember, I read from the book of Acts, even your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And even the four daughters of Philip we read in the book of Acts prophesied. It's not just men. Men and women can prophesy, and I'll tell you the name of one, Mother Angelica. Yes, she was very down-to-earth and funny and approachable, but she was also a prophet. She was close to God. She spoke truth. And as a result, a small group of church leaders tried to knock her off the air. Yeah, that's the history of Mother Angelica, a prophet. So the time is now here. It's not just coming. St. Paul said the time is coming. It's now here. We're living at the decisive time, according to Sister Lucia. The final battle is here. It's over the sanctity of marriage versus basically jumping headlong into the sexual revolution, saying the mercy and forgiveness and grace of God covers it. That's what's going on in the world, and we're going to have a big split. The true church is the bride of Christ, making herself ready to meet her Lord. The false church is the whore of Babylon, all arrayed with very alluring exterior, and it's simply an attractiveness to lead millions to hell. Yeah, that's the reality. And I realize there's people running around that denying that 
most people will go to hell or many people will go to hell, and if they do, it won't be forever. That's simply false prophecy. That's ungodly persons trying to justify ungodly behavior and okay it in our day. This isn't the way the world works. So don't despise prophecy. When you hear a hard word, say, wow, thank you for that person. Thank you for that book. Thank you for that conference speaker. You know, it was really hard to hear, but on the other hand, it was life-changing. It brought me back closer to the Lord, whom I should love with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind. That's what prophecy is designed to do. Don't take the prophets in our day and treat them the way Jeremiah was treated in lowering him into the cistern and allowing him to sink into the mire. That's the usual treatment. Or cut off the heads of those who speak for the sanctity of marriage. No, no. We're in a spiritual battle, and prophecy will keep us on track, and it will call out the false prophets. It will guide and direct us along with the scriptures and the catechisms, the church fathers and the papal documents, so that we can live in truth. And living in truth, we will find ourselves blessed both in time and eternity. You've been listening to episode 19 of Luke 21 Radio. I'm your host, Steve Wood. Please join us again as we discover more of biblical prophecy. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.